Hello and welcome to Euphoria, a podcast all about the great glam and garish from Eurovision history. As ever, I am joined by Isabel Chilman. You right there? Hello, and my name is Roland Bodenham. Roland, Roland, Roland. <laughs> little callback there. Good little callback. So it's 2017, it's January, uh, the weather is cold and we're all miserable because people aren't drinking. <laughs> uh, it's actually still December 19th. Uh, 22nd. No, December, December 22nd, we're still in Isabel's kitchen. We decided um, we were having so much fun, we'd just do another one. Yeah. Technically, because we're time travelling, I'm in Canada. Yes. No, what date would this Yeah, you're still out? in Canada. Yeah, no, you I are. might be in America. Oh, no, you'll be in America, I think. I'll be in America right now. Before we get any further, Isabel, um, it's the same evening that we've had a... uh, We've opened a bottle of Prosecco (laughs) and two tins of gin and tonic. But as we're in the festive spirit still, and sorry for all of you listening in drizzly January, we're going to open a bottle of Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Special Reserve Port. (laughs) Let's see see if this sounds as... uh, uh, delightful as we think it's going to taste. I don't know if it's going to make a noise. Ready? No. Oh, well. <laughs> just, just, I tell you what. It smells... Do the noise out of your mouth again. Okay, you ready? I'll pretend. Okay, you ready? Here we, we're going to open the port. Hey! <laughs> lovely stuff. Oh, um, smells delicious though. I, I mean, love a port. Um, hang on, let's just have a little list. Oh, hang on. That's the best glug so far. Shit is pop, but best glug. Best glug. Um, I'm going to give that to you. Thanks, mate. I'm, I'm just getting s- hammered. Still driving. Um, yeah. I'm going to put that on the side. I've got well. three drinks now. I still haven't finished that for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, so um, any other business can't really happen either because we've literally only just report- recorded uh, the thing and I, I, I'm two in the next step for, for this one. Oh, um, one bit I can... Well, no, I've got one bit that I found in between. Look, my... I've Googled and found the East Anglian Daily Times, the headline being Eurovision Song Contest Winners Brotherhood of Man Coming to Bury St. Edmunds. Is that current? Well, it's from a... Um, oh, oh, okay. So it was three days ago from now. From recording. From recording. So it was December 18th. Uh, yeah. So if anyone... I know this is very late now, but if anyone was at the... So they topped the bill at the Wheel of Bury St. Edmunds a night two, number two, oh. remember party on December 18th. If you were there, give us a shout. Let us know what Brotherhood of Man were like. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. know about that. Um, also, I'm going to give a little any other business. Uh, as we're talking quite a lot about predicting... I'm going to predict that I'm going to need to apologise for the end of my story this week because I wrote it when I was quite drunk and falling asleep. Mm. (laughs) He's so unprofessional, ladies and gentlemen, honestly. I'm I'm very excited about it. I think we should just go straight into it now um, because you'll you'll realise that really I probably needed to be quite drunk for the end end of this one. Mm. Um, So let's just get straight into it. So, Isabel, my story this week is titled The Birth, Near Deaths and Rebirths of Bucks Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> so, Isabel, I've talked about General Franco. I've spoken about the Cold War. Yeah. I've spoken about Sarajevo. Oh, topics. It's now time to take on 
Bucksviz. Good. I've so, been waiting. So Bucksviz are perhaps probably one of the UK's most successful ever Eurovision entries. Everyone knows Making Your Mind Up. Making Your Mind Up. Where they whip the skirts with, off in a with, sexy way. With the iconic skirt rip. Um, so we also know that it, it, it won it for us. It was one of our few winners um, in 1981. And it beat out Germany by four points. So close. Um, and that was at a point when the, the scores were sort of, you know, reasonably high. So it was, it was a close one. What I want to look at is not that night itself, but I want to look at the story behind that win. The man behind the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to look at that. I want to look at all things Bucksphere's behind. So there's actually not really much of a story before the 1981 song competition so right Roland's story's <laughs> over then done on to mine <laughs> bye guys see you next week um, no so uh, well, the, the, the reason there's not is because they were only properly formed in January of that year so uh, whenever it was being held May, June but like a few months before Eurovision yeah they formed no in way. January so they um, so just as a pre-warning there's going to be a lot of names and a lot of moving about of people in story. So I'm going to do my oh, best to help. I'm quite drunk. Well, oh. I'm, 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 what I've done is I'm, I'm doing my best to help keep track of everyone. But also, Isabel, you might need to try and focus a little bit on where people are. So the band was formed when songwriters and husband and wife duo Nicola Martin and Andy Hill uh, needed a group to perform the song that they'd written, which was Making Your Mind Up. So... Uh, Nicola Martin and Andy Hill wrote Making Your Mind Up and at that point they did similarly to what we do now um, where they have a heat round for selecting um, who the uh, Eurovision entry is going to be they had a song for Europe so um, first to join the group was a guy called Mike Nolan uh, next in was Cheryl Baker. We all know Cheryl, the original, Lovely. the original Cheryl. Lovely Cheryl, uh, OG she, Cheryl. What was the TV? Did she do Guinness Book of Records? She did Guinness Book of Records. Yeah. No, she what did. was it called? It wasn't called that. It was um, uh, record breaker. Yeah, yeah, it was record breaker. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Was that it? Uh, no, I think that's Gladiators. Oh, Gladiators. <laughs> 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 Chrissy Akabusi also did record breakers yeah. he used to live um, across the road from us in Southampton and for anyone wanting to take note that's the uh, celebrity spot of the episode Chris Akabusi <laughs> from 25 years ago there you go uh, make a little note of that um, so yeah Cheryl Baker um, was in it and actually um so these guys actually, these all these guys are from Kent, and so my second celebrity spot are You're basically from Kent. well throughout most of my youth. If you basically went to a village fete, uh, one of Bucks Fizz was just there, whether or not Get out. whether or not it's like as a celebrity appearance, or they were just hanging out at the fete. You, you, you know, so I think I've been at about three fates where Cheryl Baker's there, and probably Mike Nolan. So you've or whatever. seen her? Yeah, yeah, I have seen her. Yeah, I've seen Cheryl Baker. Um, so anyway. As an aside, so so Cheryl actually had already been in the Eurovision Song Contest as part of the band Coco three years earlier. How oh, did I not know that? No, I know she's been in it twice. Maybe I did know that, and I've pushed it to the back of my brain. Maybe you have. So anyway, so so in it so far, Mike Nolan, Cheryl Baker. Um, after a number of auditions, um, female singer Jay Aston joined, and male singer Bobby G joined and so the familiar what we now know is boy girl boy girl lineup of mike nolan cheryl baker bobby g and jay aston were formed so it was into rehearsals they go and uh, they were getting ready for the song for europe and this was uh, where the someone came up with the idea for the skirt rip however at one point or another 
Writer Nicola Martin, Cheryl Baker and Jay Aston have all laid claim to being the person who came up with the idea. <laughs> of course they were. So, so we'll never know who to truly credit with that one. Um, so they went into the competition, the Song for Europe competition, uh, against a uh, quite well-known at the time disco group named Liquid Gold, which is a brilliant name for a disco group. That is also the name of a brand of poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a certain amount of our audience who would have already known that before you... I've, I've just seen them in shops before. <laughs> so they went up against Liquid Gold and a group called Gem, not the Jerry Spice Girls. Jerry and M- No, not the Spice Girls. But the members were the original songwriters for Making Your Mind Up, Andy Hill and Nicola Martin. So Andy Hill and Nicola Martin had a song they'd written and were performing a separate song at the uh, Eurovision Making Your Mind Up entry. Give everyone else a chance. I know, <laughs> So anyway, as we know, Bucks Fizz walked that and they were voted to be UK's representatives for the Eurovision Song Contest that year. So Eurovision comes around and as we know, as we've already discussed, Bucks Fizz win that too with a score of 136 and this marked the fourth time that the UK had won the contest. Yay! Well done, UK. So after this, and this is where, you know, this is where I want to focus uh, the bulk of this story. After the victory, um, Bucksfizz rode that wave of success hard. The song became a major hit around Europe, reaching number one in the UK and eight other countries. And it also charted um, really highly in Australia and eventually sold four million copies worldwide, which is quite a lot for a fairly tiny pop song. Pretty bloody impressive. Yep. So Andy Mar- Andy Hill and Nicola Martin, the yeah. husband and wife songwriting duo, basically stayed on board. You know, when they wrote the song, they were just expecting it to do all right at Eurovision and then move on. But, you know, it's a popular song and the band are now really popular. So they stayed on board as producer and songwriter for the next couple of years. Um, the band continued their success. They had a number of singles and albums going in and out of the charts. Um, towards the end of 83, however, it appeared that fortunes were beginning to change for the band. Two singles failed to reach the top 20, and the band's greatest hits, which they'd only been around for a couple of, for two years, so greatest hits is uh, is stretching the word the the term. It basically fell short of expectations. So early 1984, now the group took some time out from the public eye and they focused on recording. So that was about January. By May, they apparently thought that that was long enough to to take some time out of the limelight and they embarked on a 40-day tour across the UK. Good. Um, They also revealed a harder-edged rocky look and sound (laughs) Um, and and released the single Talking In Your Sleep, uh, which was actually really successful for them. So as Christmas 1984 came around, the group embarked on what would prove to be a very eventful UK tour. (laughs) Well... On the night of December the 11th, uh, whilst returning from a sellout gig in Newcastle and enjoying an after party, the group's tour bus collided with a lorry. <gasps> All four members of Bucksfizz were injured. Oh my God. Some worse than others. Cheryl Baker and Mike Nolan were launched through the front windscreen of the Shut coach up. and landed on the hard tarmac unconscious. Oh my God. So Cheryl and Mike were rushed to the Royal Victoria Infirmary. Um, 
and according according to one report on the way mike managed to regain con- consciousness for long enough to ask the paramedics if his face was marked marked before lapsing back into unconsciousness i worry if you're gonna live not. apparently <laughs> is my face okay <laughs> apparently the paramedic said you pop stars are all the same so i don't know how many pop stars life sees saved <laughs> <laughs> oh, i want to meet that paramedic so uh, mike had uh, an interview with the mirror um, over a, a few years back that basically he talked through what happened um, and he said when he woke up in the hospital he dragged himself out of his bed and asked where the other band members were um, the nurses then pointed him in the direction of Cheryl's room and he said he he walked he walked through the door and said we both started laughing we looked a state covered in bruises and bumps and we joked what our fans would say if they saw us um it was at that point, though, that Nolan said he felt a terrible, terrible headache come on. He asked the nurse for some painkillers, which she said she couldn't give him straight away. So instead, she opened a window, which doesn't quite do the same thing as painkillers. No, I think that's medically correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't pull. Have a headache, you open the window. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it's cheaper than Nurofen, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he said uh, she opened a window and then he said that he then remembers nothing the last thing he remembers was an ear splitting headache and then nothing so it turns out that Cheryl had broke three of her vertebrae in her back oh my god in her spine Mike had more serious injuries so basically he remembers nothing because he collapsed and uh, he basically had severe internal bleeding and fell into a coma oh my god they took him straight into emergency surgery where surgeon and sorry if you're squeamish Surgeons drilled into his head to release a blood clot on his brain. Um, he at this point it was reported that he basically died on the operating table oh, and was what? was put on a life support machine. And after he was put on the life support machine, his family were told he had a fifty fifty percent chance of survival. Um, he was in a he was in a so the surgery happened. He was then in a coma for three days, and um, after he. had woke up from the coma he had to go back into surgery as fluid began building up around his brain um surgeons then had to basically cut away a part of his brain this is not the avenue i thought this story no, was gonna take no. this is mental so he, he basically you know they cut away a part of his brain that had died um and that has consequences so basically it, he, the immediate consequence is that he he lost 50 percent vision in both eyes Oh, poor man. Yeah, poor Mike. So according to the reports, though, he woke up with the words, I'm all right. Oh, <laughs> is, ever the pop yeah, star. ever the pop star. I'm okay. All right, guys. Don't worry about me. Don't worry oh. about me. So this is where things start to get complicated. This is also where I started writing it when I was drunk. So <laughs> just just stick with me. At so this I, I'm listening to it drunk. Yeah. So, so it's probably it going to make sense. Out. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening to it, just get a little bit drunk and, you, and you'll be fine. <laughs> get on board, guys. Get on board. Um, so um, I'm going to categorise people from now on. So everyone who is in the oh, original... wait, 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 what? <laughs> so let me explain. Everyone was who is in the original lineup of the band, I'm going to call Generation 1, okay? Every person who joins the band subsequently is going to be Generation 2, and then next person, Generation 3, Generation... Okay. How many generations so are there? <laughs> So, soon after Mike Nolan recovered in early 1985, the group began promoting the launch of their latest single. So, he took a few months off and then just started pop starring again. After having a chunk of his brain chopped yeah, down? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which mean, chunk was it? The, I don't the know. The eyesight bit? 
the yeah, fifty percent of his vision. But was he? Uh, he there was there were some other things. I th- well, I think he was all right. Personality wise. Well, so basically, it did it did affect him, and I, and um, I was going to talk about it in a, in a okay, bit. So. No, 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 I'll talk about I'll talk about it now because because basically he then suffered from he had epileptic epileptic fits oh. and and different things like that. Um, so so Cheryl and Mike basically set up a charity for people with head injuries. Yeah. Um, so which which they've been doing for for years and years okay. now. So. So he was he was affected, and I, yeah. I don't want to make light of that. He you know he was affected, yeah, but awful. the fact that he then you know after less than six months got up and started back um, on the road. Back on the road. So Good yeah, lads. so so with their early 1985, they began promoting the launch of their latest single. However, tensions began mounting, and singer Jay Aston um, no longer wanted to be a part of the band. Um, despite her still being under contract, she sensationally quit the group. It then emerged that Aston had been having an affair with Andy Hill, one half of the husband and wife writing duo who originally wrote the song. So this... I'm oh my god, I want to burst. What? <laughs> yeah. So this is so basically Aston Aston sold her own story. To the newspapers, oh, she sold it under the under the headline, "The Hateful Bitchy World of Buck's Fist." Oh no, no! So clearly, she was pulling no punches there. Cheryl Baker, meanwhile, made it very clear to the press that the two of them had never been friends. Oh, Cheryl! So, well, good keeping yourself out of that yeah, nonsense. Yeah. So this is things are beginning to crumble, take a turn for the worse. <laughs> So, at this point, Jay has left. Auditions were held to be, to take Jason's role. 800 women auditioned. 800 <laughs> women auditioned. This is before, like, scenes in The X Factor where they go in Wembley. This is, you know, this is to be in Bucksfield. 800 women auditioned to be Jay Aston. And 21-year-old Shelley Preston, who we're calling Generation 2. Okay, Gen Generation 2. Shelley Preston was chosen to take... Uh, that role. So the band continued in this format for a number of years, releasing a top 10 single as well as a, a couple of other singles and an album. However, after four years, Shelley Preston, Generation 2, left the band. Mm. So the, they then, Cheryl, uh, Bobby G and Mike, continued as a trio for a while, focusing on live work and touring. Um, however, in the early 90s, Cheryl started beginning to, uh, was was beginning to pursue a career in TV and was also eager to start a family. So, after more than ten years in Bucks Fizz, Cheryl Baker bowed out from the lineup. Aww. And so, Bucks Fizz <laughs> at this point was just Mike Nolan and Bobby G. So they recruited two new women, Heidi Manton and Amanda Swage. S W A R Z C. I don't know how you pronounce Z C at the end. I'm going to say Amanda Suarez. Say Amanda Suave. Suave. Okay. <laughs> That's not. So, so Heidi Manton, Amanda Suave, Generation Three. Which is the generation with the guy that was a dickhead? Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so the lineup continued for three more years, like this. Until Mike Nolan, the first ever member of Bucks Fizz, decided his time was up and left the group. Oh. In his place was David Van Day. Oh, he's the dickhead. Generation four. Yeah. <laughs> so now in the band, let me yeah. get see if I can get this yeah. right. In the band right now yeah. is 
Bobby G, mm-hmm. original member. Yep. David Van Day. Yes. And the two women whose names Suave. Suave. And, and the other one. Heidi. Heidi and Suave. Yeah, okay, you, okay, you're with me. So apparently, Bobby G and David Van Day didn't get on very well together. Um, after only a short amount of time, the band split once more. Oh, However... Christ. They're worse than the Sugar Babes. And this is... Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Sugar Babes took their model from this. <laughs> this is this is where things start to get really confusing. So Bobby G left Bucks Fizz. David Van Day then joined Mike Nolan, the other original uh. man, who we will now call Generation 1B... <laughs> With two brand new female singers, Leanne Lee and Sally Jacks. My brain hurts. Generation 5. No. <laughs> to form a new version of Bucks Fizz. Why? So now. Just stop it. Oh so now, God. Bucks Fizz is now David Van Day, Generation 4, Mike Nolan, Generation 1B, and Leanne Lee and Sally Jacks, Generation 5. So they form Bucks Fizz. However, Bobby G, Generation 1, was unhappy with the situation. He basically put an injunction on the name Bucks Fizz. And so the second group had to go around calling themselves Bucks Fizz, starring Mike Nolan and David Van Day. Oh my God. <laughs> so under Van Day, the band basically re-recorded all of their classic songs uh, with the new lineup, uh, including Making Your Mind Up. However, by 2001, even Mike Nolan began finding working with Van Day difficult. And so he left the group. <laughs> so, so, oh my God, so, it literally is the sugar babe. So David Van Day got another male singer in. I don't even have his name here <laughs> because it's not important at this it point. doesn't matter. That's generation, I don't know what generation. Anyway, so they just began, so David Van Day got another male singer in and they just began touring as straight up Bucks Fizz, despite the fact that he, nor any other singers in the uh, in the band were in the original lineup. I'm losing my mind. So, also at this point, Bobby G, Generation 1, and Generation 3, Heidi, Heidi Manton, had got married. No. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> there are other people other than the people in the group you can have a relationship with. So Bobby G and Heidi Manton got married and filed for the legal rights to the name Bucks Fizz. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so they brought the case to High Court against David Van Day, Generation 4. The legal proceedings were settled out of court and David Van Day agreed to perform under the banner... David Van Day's Bucks Fizz show. Oh my god. Just give it up. Just stop. Just stop doing whatever you're doing. All of you stop it. So that was short lived. David Van Day stopped after that. He did what you told him to do just then. He realised it was ridiculous. He went back and was just David Van Day doing whatever David Van Day does. In December 2004 now, original members Cheryl Baker, Generation 1, Bobby G, Generation 1, and Mike Nolan, Generation 1, joined Generation 2 singer Shelley Preston to reform, under the banner, the original Bucks Fizz. <laughs> Even though Preston wasn't in the original Bucks Fizz. Um, Bobby G um, could actually only perform a few dates in the tour and eventually dropped out, um, leaving the band back as a trio. This was until Generation 1 singer Jay Aston rejoined the group in 2009. So the lineup now was Jay Aston, Terrell Baker... Yeah. Uh, Mike Nolan yeah. and Generation 2 Shelley Preston yeah um, so they're going along fine they've toured and performed until 
Bobby G sued again oh, <laughs> over the legal Christ name me. of the youth Bucksbiz. Just let so, sleeping dogs lie, Bobby. The high courts ruled in favour of Bobby G. What? And subsequently, the band were no longer able to use the name Original Bucks Fizz. Instead, they went under the title of OBF for a while. Shit. <laughs> I feel like they're clinging on too much. What was... That's a bit too... Was it called OBG? O- OBF. So No, o- but the... Um, da- uh, no, I'm thinking of old day, bastard. <laughs> OTV. <laughs> OBF, OTV. Uh, so... So it's just the Bucksmith's rap pop era. <laughs> so um, they talked a bit urban for a while. <laughs> <laughs> they tried the hard rock lick and then they went to the urban. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, so they basically toured under OBF for a while. Um, since then, and since 2014, the band has been rebranded Cheryl, Mike, and Jay, formerly of Bucksmith's. <laughs> It hardly rolls also, off the tongue, does it? Also, they got a fourth member, Stephen Fox, who I think is Generation 7 now. I can't deal with any of this. Oh. And that's that's kind of it now. The lineup released a re-recording of one of their singles at the beginning of December 2016, and they still seem pretty active today. So as long as you don't call them Bucks Fizz, you'll be fine. And that is my story of the births, near deaths, and many rebirths. Oh, Bucks Fizz. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> Genuinely. That's why I had to write that when I was drunk. Because Mental. you can't write it in any other way. I just point out as well, I, I call David and D- D- Van Day a dickhead. I'm not just being horrible. This is in terms of celebrity world. Because he was on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of yeah. It. And was very mean. He was mean. That's yeah, no, why I I'm think, saying it. I'm not being flippant are. and horrible. He was but like in the world of celebrity pantomime villains. He was For a while a in the UK, he was a big villain. Yeah, yeah. he was a big villain. I don't think we can get sued for that. I'm just explaining that I'm not horrible. <laughs> we know you're not horrible. We know okay, you're lovely. We're on fine. episode seven or six now. This is episode six. So I think people know you're not horrible. Okay, good. So Christ. That, that's hard work, man. I know. Well, so Sugar Babes is the one that comes to mind. Back in the day, there were bands that, that went by the, you know, their name and then the original name and then the new whatevers. But that did happen. But... I'm sure not to that extent. Also, all of that stuff, we completely forget about the whole brain surgery and crashing through the windshield of a bus thing. Yeah, I've completely forgot about that. <laughs> in the fact that they survived a horrendous car crash. Yeah, Cheryl and was thrown Jesus. through a bloody windshield of a bus onto the concrete. That's exhausting so, to listen to. I did just Google it while you were talking about it because I was like, this is mental. Yeah. What the hell are they up to now? And I found an article from... Um, uh, earlier this year was it? Yeah, in the summer this year mm. that was Bucks Fizz refused to make up as members reject £1 million offer to reform for TV show. Holy shit. Cheryl, Mike and Jay refused to work with fellow founding member Bobby G in a long running dispute over the Eurovision winning band's name except this is on the mirror and it's on the mirror website and it's been on the mirror website since July they've spelt Eurovision wrong <laughs> they've missed out the O so it just says Eurovision 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 <laughs> yeah they, they won't work with him they, they, there's a quote here that says Mike61 added we could never work with Bobby again wow wow yeah so that must be because they because they worked with him in 2004 so that must have been pissed off from 2011 when Bobby G sued again um, what's he doing if he's not just he's not using it. it you're not using it stop yeah. being so selfish yeah. just let him do some skirt whipping yeah. and have a nice time yeah 
Yeah, see them every right. time they use you're the right. word books you're for right. years. You're it's right. not yours, mate. It's not yours no. to have. It's no. the people's. It's the people's name. It's Eurovision's. Give it right. back to the people. Give it back to us. We <laughs> want it. So, uh, I'm looking forward to this story, Isabel. Would you like to tell me your Eurovision story? Yay. My story. Weirdly, as we have discussed before, we don't actually know what the other person's going to talk about. We might give a vague thing so for two weeks ago i said to roland don't look at portugal 1974 Mm. so he knew i was doing portugal 1974 he doesn't know what that means or what that's about though oddly you've done a uk entry Mm. i've done a bloody uk entry over there you've done books fizz uh i've done something else Go go on then. What is your story, (laughs) Isabel? I'm just going to crack straight into it. I'm going to give it a title. You'll work out pretty quickly what it is. Okay. Oh, God. So, I'm going to wet my whistle. (laughs) If you would like to... It's Christmas. I've finished work for the year for like three weeks. I'm very excited. If you would like to wet your whistle, please do so now. (laughs) Is your whistle wet? Yeah, it's wet. Okay. So, oh, cut that out. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> really uh, as an actual centre of bishop. So, Chris Crombie and Gemma Abbey met in 1995 at Liverpool's Starlight Stage School and toured Liverpool's pubs and clubs with the Academy's Kids Roadshow. Oh. At 16, after leaving college, they formed Tricity, named after the brand of electrical appliances. <laughs> creative creative they just looked around and went that just had a look oh I like that lamp we've got what's it called Tricity that's us I'm just giving my Yorkshire accent they changed their name to Gemini (gasps) oh shit at the age of 19 Um, and the way they chose Gemini spelt J-E-M-I-N-I because they were dyslexic oh no No. Okay. So it was um, based on Gem, as in Gemma, Gem and I. Oh, I mean... Like with Nail and I, basically. They spent the next two and a half years touring pubs and clubs in the UK, performing Stevie Wonder, Randy Crawford, Motown covers, wow. and Abba Medley's. Yeah. As well as their own compositions. Oh. Mm. Gemma stated... She's loved Eurovision since childhood oh. and counts previous Eurovision oh. entrants such as Sonia, Precious and Dino International amongst her favourites. <sighs> Lovely. This is... Okay. Well, I know what's going to happen to her, so I feel bad already. <laughs> if it was someone like Daz, so you clearly didn't give a shit, like... Wait till the end oh, no. and you will stop feeling bad for her. Oh, okay. All right, okay. There's a twist. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. In 2002, Fame Academy alumni Jessica Garlic yes. represented the UK in the Eurovision Song Contest, coming a stonking third. I forgot she was in Fame Academy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 she was. That yeah. was a crap show. David Snedden. One of the first, like, what that hot... Oh, my God, David Snedden. You Jesus. And what was the um, Alex, what's her name, with the spiky hair? You know, yeah, anyone who came good from that? Lamar. Lamar. Love Lamar. Love Lamar. Have you seen the clip of Lamar and... Jib- no. 
Levar and Jamelia singing at the Brits. No. Is it they good? sing Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. Ooh. Oh my God, it's the sexiest thing you've ever yeah. freaking seen. Lamar. She is just hot as hell anyway. Yeah, Lamar's, Lamar's got a terrible suit on, I think. Uh, but the two of them together, yeah. that song, yeah. that time period, yeah. bloody hell, it's great. He, but like him and Will Young, and I know he's not around as much anymore, but we're probably like the most like legit like yeah like a talent show competition winner he wasn't Definitely. even a winner no that's what we're saying second place Sarah Alto <laughs> <laughs> right. it can happen so yeah Jessica came third with Come Back which has been our highest placing entry since Katrina and the yeah. Waves yeah in the 90s so hopes were then obviously high the next year when duo Gemini were selected by a public phone poll to follow in Jessica's footsteps with the poppy track uh, Cry Baby. Yes. Yes, we remember that track. <laughs> so, they entered the competition with Cry Baby. Yeah. Get there. Everyone's excited. This is going to go great. Yeah. We're going to nail it. Look at us. It's yeah. Eurovision. It's they've the been, UK. They've been Eurovision fans for what? so long. Oh, they're proper pop. They know pop. what they're doing. They've been doing this for they're, years. Yeah. They're from yeah, a stage yeah. school. We're going to nail this. It was this. in the stars. It was written in the yes. stars. Oh, it was awful. It was absolutely <laughs> horrendous to watch. You can watch it again on YouTube if you haven't already. You probably know which one it was. So it was painful. They as were fuck. out of tune, weren't they? They were like a so, key out of tune. Yeah, apparently their mon- they claim their yeah. monitors weren't working, yeah. which meant they couldn't hear their own vocals. But sadly, there was no such respite for the audience. Oh, we could hear their vocals yeah. and they were flat as <laughs> fuck. It was the entire like and um, well, this is I feel a little bit bad for Chris because they've gone down in history as mm. Both of them being very flat. Yeah. Actually, when you watch it, I'm sorry, Gemma. Gemma starts singing. She's the first person. Completely she out of key. is very she's so out. And of it's key. really and and I've I've watched it as well. And it is really hard. Chris tries to bring it back. But he really does. As soon as not... I've done it before, I've been, I've been on stage and sung a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, you if you start a song in the wrong key and the backing track's playing, it is one of the hardest things in the world to find the right key. You end up okay. going, uh, 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 yeah. to like work out where you sit. And he does, like I've seen it, he tries yeah. to get, and uh, there are times where he does get back into the key, but she keeps pulling him out of it. <laughs> it's really not good. And yeah. whatever was going on, monitors maybe the monitors weren't working, nerves. maybe it was just that night or what happened, but it is quite bad. Like I'm not... I'm tone deaf. I can't sing for shit. But you I'm, know that that's not right. But even when I watch it, I go, oh, that's horrible to listen to, isn't it? Oh, that's unbelievably yeah. bad. Um, yeah. So inevitably, the song was <laughs> the object of national shame in the UK. <laughs> After Gemini returned home uh, with absolutely no points <sighs> whatsoever. No Does Samson did better than that. Oh my god! <laughs> You've been ripping into that Samson for the last few weeks. We'll continue to do it for the rest of my bloody life because it was weird. He's weird. It was weird. The Eurovision failure prompted mirth in the British media. So Terry Wogan, long-term commentator, God bless you, sir Terry. God bless you, rest in peace. Uh, long-time commentator f- on the contest for the BBC said that the UK was suffering from a post-Iraq backlash, <laughs> which I think was being quite nice about how crap they were, really. Yeah. And author and histor- uh, is historian John Kennedy O'Connor notes in the Eurovision Song Contest, The Official History, that the with a record field of 26 entries at the time, this made the UK's failure the most spectacular in the history of the contest, (laughs) which was a record that would remain until the 2015 competition where both Germany and Austria scored zero points, 
in a field of 27 oh entrants. So due to their failure at Eurovision, Gemini were immediately dropped by their record label and their album was never released. Oh, we should track it down. That's <laughs> <laughs> got to be The somewhere. missing album. It's going to be like 10,000 copies just in a shed somewhere. I once found, I was on a work trip up to Edinburgh and on the way back, I was like, oh, I'm a bit early for my train. I should probably just fanny around a little bit in Edinburgh. Oh, what's in here? I'm going HMV. It's the time when HMV wasn't going very well. So <laughs> went downstairs into the basement and they had loads of cheap stuff and I found 30 copies of Step's newest album at the time for 99p each. No, no, lie. That's a lie. For 49p each. So I bought all 30 copies and gave them to people for birthdays throughout the year. <laughs> Yeah, that's a low point, isn't it, for Steps? Oh, Bless 49p him. for an album, though. Yeah. So the Crybaby entered the UK singles chart at oh. number 15, but spent only three weeks in the chart. Altogether. I mean, I mean, the fact that it got that far is not mm. a bad thing. Inevitably, they split up as a duo. Oh, yeah. such a shame. So, I think it wasn't just the vocals that ruined them, though. Right. Looking at this, I've thought a lot about this. Okay. I've watched the video a lot of times. Yeah. There's quite a few areas where we want, went wrong. Yeah. It was it even if they hadn't been flat, yeah. we still wouldn't have got the dizzying heights of Jessica Garlic number three. No. When you actually think think about it and look at it. So I think they were doomed on numerous yeah, levels. What is the song about actually? Because it's about do you want to get the I've got the lyrics up. Cry actually. cry baby, you lied. So to it's me, basically baby. about a um someone who's it's it's a bad relationship. So the yeah. lyrics are love, love's not enough. I need your trust but you don't try anymore. Hun hun <laughs> Hun, you still turn me on. <laughs> Though your love is gone and I don't want to cry anymore. I thought our love would last forever. Bye bye, baby. You lied to me, baby. I must have been crazy, uh, baby. Bye bye. So it's, I loved you. You're bad for me. Bye. Bye. See you, hun. Bye. Yeah. Which is like the gayest <laughs> word to use. Hun, you still turn me on. Love it. <laughs> uh, it's not, yeah, it's very, it's very basic song. Mm. A lot of it is just bye bye and you do this and mm. So, but it's a fine pop song as it stands. It's fine. But the actual performance itself on the night, they fall down on a lot of parts. So I thought, let's break it down a little bit. You've done a breakdown. Yeah. Brilliant. So we can work out what went wrong. Okay. Isabel's list. Go. My list of things. So, start with the act themselves. Yes. The name, trashy enough. Fine. Fine with that. Gemini. Gemini. It's It's a star sign. People like star signs. Yeah, and this was what? The naughties. Yeah, spelt differently though. It's different enough. I think that's... 2003, did I say... Yeah, it was. No, yeah, 2003. Yeah. Gemini for 2003. Good. Fine. That works. Fine, I'm happy with that. No yeah. problem. Duo, I've got issue with. So, duos, very big. Mm. 60s and 70s, you could mm. get away with a duo. Mm. Cher and Bono. Yeah. No. Cher, <laughs> Sonny and Cher. <laughs> Cher and Bono. <laughs> I like how I just agreed with you. Yeah, Cher and Bono. Go on. <laughs> Sonny and Cher. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Simon and Garfunkel, <laughs> Sonny and Cher, Tina Turner and Ike. So back in the day, a duo was a legitimate thing that you could be a duo where both of you sang. So you yeah. get modern duos yeah. where either neither of them sing or one of them sings. So things like like the Eurythmics, yeah. duo. Yeah. Daft Punk, duo. Yeah. That's fine. Basement Jacks, duo. Chemical Brothers. Chemical Brothers. So Dance Acts, great. Yeah. It works as yeah, a duo. Yeah. But when you have just two people both of them singing mm. I think nowadays looks weird so that 
straight away. Well, because odd. these guys were these were very clean, bubbly pop music. Yeah. And it was very clear that there was no chemistry between them in that respect. I mean, they've been touring for years as a as a duo. They clearly, you know, were very professional. And you know, whatever. I don't know what their personal lives are, but it was clear that they, from their stage presence, that they were not engaged in that kind of a relationship, no. which kind of just kills it. Done. Done. Second, outfits. <laughs> I forgot we were only on number two. <laughs> There's only three sections okay. actually, so it's fine. Okay. Second is outfits. Um, yeah, I don't know who bloody dressed them for this. She's dressed like she's about to go on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. And he's dressed like a chavvy teenager who's trying to look a bit grungy because grunge has become cool yeah I, so he's got really far too gelled hair with, but has baggy pants yeah. a white shirt and a chain on his jeans yeah. and she's got this like really fruity red dress on he's got like frosted tips as well isn't he oh, it just They're, doesn't like, make sense the two yeah. of them doesn't make it just doesn't make sense Weird. together yeah. either both dress fabulous yeah or both look grotty i yeah. don't know i just don't i don't know who did it yeah number three <laughs> Number three, dancing. Oh. Yeah, I haven't included a song in this because actually we've written I think the song's off. fine. Well, the performance, yeah, sorry, the performance of the song, we've, we've explained Bad. that. Actual song itself, okay. fine as a pop yeah. song. If I heard yeah. this being performed by someone else, fine. Yeah. Um, so again, I've written for the dancing, Budget Steps. But I'm kind of into their dancing. So they have some dance routine in it that they do for the chorus. I, they just don't commit to it enough either of them and annoyingly the backing dancers were quite lacklustre too uh. so they have three backing singers who were dancing too the dancing they're doing is a bit shit like they're mm. a bit yeah, as I said, a bit lacklustre. Not quite in time with each other when they cut, when they actually do the zooms in zoomed in shots of the backing singers. It's not quite right and they're all dressed in these really plain black dresses which I think was to let the actual acts pop and yep. show themselves yeah. but they look a bit <laughs> these three women in the background they're in mourning or no they look a bit like they're gonna go on a night out in wakefield <laughs> <laughs> shout out to wakefield uh, just, yeah it, oh, just, it's a bit trashy the whole thing shit. sounds a bit half-assed if i'm if i'm honest like the whole thing it, the only thing that's not half-assed about it is chris oh chris chris Although his styling is awful, yeah, but it was two thousand and three. I'll forgive him. I forgive talked, whoever did it. We talked it. about pop in the past, where you're not, you don't choose your style. You get told what to do. Chris is bouncing around the stage. He's jumping around. He's clapping his hands. He's it, at some points. He's like, "Come on, Eurovision!" Or I can't remember what it was hosted. To get, but trying to get back in tune. You know, he's shouted at them. You know, he's really trying to get the the audience on side. Yeah. He's doing his dance routine. He's bouncing about. Yeah, he's so invested in oh, it, Chris. and you can tell he's trying his bloody hard is yeah. to make it okay yeah. and I think personally I think Chris was surrounded by a pile of shit yeah. and Chris was doomed <laughs> following on from that obviously it went terribly um, I found an article from 2009 which was six years after the competition took place yeah so I'm going to read this out to you six years Eurovision duo Gemini know too well about what happens when it all goes wrong on the mm. night mm. Liverpool's Chris Crombie Lovely Chris. Oh, bless. And Gemma Abbey still insist they were not to blame for an out-of-tune rendition of Cry Baby six years ago. Okay. Despite okay. the null points disaster, Chris said he wouldn't turn back the clock. The 26-year-old said, We were confident about representing the UK, but it all went tits up on the night. Oh, he's honest. He's a good lad, is He's a good lad. Honest lad. 
The hall it was held in wasn't a music stadium, it was a sports hall, so it wasn't somewhere which usually holds concerts. The monitors weren't working, Gemma couldn't hear herself, so she was out of tune. The BBC blamed our management and our management blamed the BBC. Oh, God. Tit for tat, eh? Any, Tit any, for tat. Yeah, well, he, he does sound, he sounds like a nice lad. Right. Go on. He goes on. Gem and I were joint favourites with Russian entry tattoo, but Turkey's... They were joint favourites? Yeah. I didn't even realise that. So they literally went from joint favourites... To nothing. ...rock bottom. God. That's killer. But Turkey won the contest with every way that I can. Chris said, as each country's votes came in, we had a glass of wine. It was probably a good job we didn't have to go back onto Zoom. We were tipsy. (laughs) I know how you feel, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) About halfway through, we knew we weren't going to get any votes. But it made us stand out. Everyone remembers us. Oh. It is a talking point and it's going to be on my grave at the end. <laughs> God, Chris. You would hope... Well, it's true. Oh. You get nil points. You're not going to really get much bigger than that in a way. Oh, Chris. Wait, Chris, we're talking about you on a podcast now. So and I love you. If you didn't get nil points, we probably wouldn't. No, exactly. <laughs> we get the odd person who gives us a bit of stick. Oh. But we find the majority of people are great and really supportive. Yeah. It was a brilliant experience. But I would not do it again. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we'd have Gemini again, to be honest, Chris. Oh, no. I don't think we'd have them. In 2013, the duo reunited for a special interview about their performance oh. in a two-hour-long BBC Three Bloody special. Hell. How oh, right. to win Eurovision. The, the, <laughs> I thought they had a two-hour-long special God, about not Gemini. About them. No, Christ. <laughs> And in 2014, the duo reunited once again to take part in a Eurovision special of Pointless Celebrities. Oh! little link there, because if you don't know, guys, <laughs> I was on Pointless. This isn't Isabel's first, uh, <laughs> first uh, <laughs> flight with fame. <laughs> I went on Pointless with the Reverend. The Reverend. The famous Reverend. Me and Dad went on. Are you like, on YouTube? No, they keep taking it off. Oh, Not that I'm putting it up. <laughs> I keep putting it up. They keep taking it down again. <laughs> Someone else does. Sometimes you can find it on YouTube. My dad knows. I'll have a look and find... What, my dad knows what the exact series and episode Although we was. won't share it because sharing uh, pirated content is illegal. I'm not going to do that then. But I was on Pointless and we got to the final round on our first go, but we missed out on the money. But the team before us had won the jackpot, so it had only been a thousand But you pounds. went back a second time then? No, you're not allowed oh, to Oh, if you're in the final. final, you don't. Yeah, so you just did yeah. it once and I done. I trended on Twitter in the north of England for 20 minutes, though. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fame. It's little children. It's mainly creepy teenage boys. And she's been seeking fame ever since. <laughs> desperate. I'm like, so also desperate to get famous. No, it was weird. I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, no. People looked at my LinkedIn profile, yeah, which is weird. just creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. So they did a Eurovision special of Pointless Celebrities, which I've not watched. I'm going to have to find and watch it. Yeah. And have subsequently appeared in several TV shows about Eurovision. Oh, okay. Oh, lovely. It's lovely. Aren't they great? I've still waited for this twist. Until. Okay. (laughs) What did Gemma do? A Eurovision singer who notoriously picked up nil points at the contest has been convicted of fiddling £52,000 in benefits after being exposed by her own wedding pictures on Facebook. <gasps> Gemma! Yeah, this is why I'm backing Chris. <laughs> not to Gemma! And not Gemma. Holy fuck, Gemma. Gemma Abbey, one half of pop band Gemini, claimed tax credits as a single mum, but officials found photos of her getting married in the Mediterranean oh, on a social media site. Gemma. Mm. She had been making claims above her entitlement since April 2009. In respect of her younger daughter, Liverpool Crown Court heard. She kept, basically, she was living with her husband and was still claiming to be a single mother. Yeah. 
Um, they got married in the Algarve. Oh, but nice. But each year after that, she kept claiming tax credits saying it's that she was living as a, a single mum. Um, and she claims oh. after she was arrested that she'd not declared she was living with her husband because their relationship had initially been rocky. Well, I mean, you still got not, married, mate. Yeah, that's not legally, how it works. You can't legally be... Well, we're rocky married, so I'll put down it's single. Not, it's not 100% marriage. <laughs> single, Sounds married, me. rocky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she was inevitably given a 30-week prison sentence, suspended God. for one year, and put on a supervision order for one year also. Oh, well. So, Abby, Gemma Abby did not have the best time ever after that. All yeah. things went bad. And, I mean, I don't want to be... Tax like lawyers. airing someone's dirty laundry, but no. also don't steal money. <laughs> yeah, I think just it's don't fair. steal money. Don't I think that's a, fair enough. There's people that actually need benefits, yeah. um, and I think there's so many. Without wanting to get really serious now, because I've had a lot to drink, <laughs> but there's a lot of people in this country who, well, no, the Tories are very Bloody adamant hell. about getting rid of benefits, and whatever yeah. they try and claim that they're not they will try their damnedest as often as possible to remove benefits from as many people as possible in the UK. And so if you're someone that doesn't need them and you're swindling Claiming them out them. of them, yeah. well, fuck you, man. Yeah. Because people actually need that money. Yeah. So don't take it. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. We're that's back in Chris. The moral of my story. We're back in back Chris. Back Chris to the hill. I love Chris. Poor lad. Tried his damnedest. It, and if you watch it, you can see it. Yeah. It is so... Yeah. Oh, I just love him. It does go down as one of the most spectacular failing performances in, oh, in it's Eurovision history. Shit. It does, like it, <laughs> it really is. It's all off key, and I, I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I watched it. I remember watching it. I'm trying to remember. It, it was just a oh, here they come. Like every year, whenever UK come on, it's like oh god, I hope it's gonna go well. Oh, here they come, here they come, and then it was just a love, love's not enough. <laughs> and then that's that feeling of that that's a very accurate Thanks. rendition. And then it was just a oh, oh god, we fucked it. Oh no, and like normally you kind of you can they do a performance and you go. Yeah, that was that was good performance. Or oh, that was okay. That was fine. And you wait till the points to be disappointed. It no, was we knew. real tough because it was like on the first note you were like, "All right, yeah. okay." Just, go, just <laughs> gonna start, go make a cup of tea. I'll start drinking now. I'm gonna go stand outside uh, <laughs> for a little bit while this is on. Yeah, so it was it was tough. Um, well, well, there we go. Our two stories. Did you like that? I really liked that. And oh, I, I, I heard you were gonna do Gemini a few weeks ago, and I was really looking forward to it. And it. Um, very much lived up to expectations. <laughs> so, Isabel, um, from one Eurovision failing to our attempt to never let that happen again by <laughs> supplying the UK with an unending supply of Eurovision songs. Uh, as we said at the start, I think maybe we missed it as well. Um, each week, we attempt to, I attempt to write and record a potential Eurovision entry and Isabel will give me points. Um, we didn't do it last week because it was a mini uh, foria, but the week before was not a bad showing. I got nine points. Nine out of ten, mate. N- nine out of twelve. Nine out of twelve, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, second so highest I was, had so far. I was uh, pl- very pleasantly surprised about that. I only listened to it half an hour an hour ago. I've already forgotten it. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. we all have. So my thinking for this. Sorry, okay, so so we've had uh, four songs now. Um, and you know they've been they've been all right. I've been happy with them. I when I've been writing them have been thinking you know what sounds like a good Eurovision song. 
How does it sound? Does it sound good? I've not been thinking tactically. And I think maybe this is where the UK can take some inspiration from. And if they don't use this song, maybe think a little bit about this, right? Is that we haven't yet really, really pandered, okay? <laughs> now I'm talking really pander, okay? So what to I'm Europe. Think- to Europe, okay. right? So I'm thinking hey. if you can... Like what Donald Trump did, right? <laughs> I'm not even going to go. There's no way to bring him up. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thinking: is if you can get a following behind you, because you know, in the run up to it, you know, you release your song, people listen to it. If you can get a few countries on board, then that will really start to like build the hype up. And ba- so, what I've done, okay, is we're going to listen to it in a sec. Is I've basically written a song that panders to as many countries as I I possibly can, okay? So, um, yeah, basically what I've tried to do is I've tried to write a song that panders to as many Eurovision Eurovision countries as possible. Um, We'll see how I I actually did. Um, But it is a song, Isabel, called Eurogirl. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) I think this will work. Am I ready? Are you ready? I'm, I'm listening intently. This is Eurogirl. Meet me on Strata, Pushkin in Moldova, and we can make love over there. Fly me to Flugfeld, Belkirch in airport, cause Austria's walking on air. Walk with me to Berzeli Park in Stockholm, cause people like walking in parks in Stockholm. And when we get time, we can sleep in Sierra. Sierra's just off of the west coast of Italy. She's my Euro girl, from the Russian town of Barbaran. Oh my Euro girl, and she speaks the language of love. Let's go camping in Cologne, Lugeing in Liechtenstein, Paracel in Prague and Zorbing in Zurich. Let's drink sake in Strasbourg, gin in Gijon, some whiskey in Warsaw, and then we'll be gone. She's my Euro girl, from the Russian town of Barbara. Come on, Barbara! Oh, my Euro girl, and she speaks the language of the world. Thank you, Europe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever been more confused in my life. Yeah, so... I'm more confused than I was listening to your book's vid story. Um, so I'll be honest, um, I was rushed on this one. <laughs> oh, you can tell me, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, tr- with all of the songs we've done up to this point, I've really tried. I was quite rushed on this one. Um, um, it begins with Meet Me on Strada Pushkin in Moldova. So that's Moldova ticked off. Fly Me to Flugfeld Feldkirchen Airport in Austria. Austria ticked off, right? Walk with me to Berzeli Park in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Sweden ticked off. Yeah. Um, Sierra off the west coast of Italy. Italy. So then Russia, Russian town of Bobrov. Let's go camping in Cologne, luging in Liechtenstein, parasail in Prague, zorbing in Zurich, drink sake in Strasbourg, gin in Gijon, whiskey in Warsaw. So that is 13 countries, right? I'm thinking. But then you put it to a really shit backing track. <laughs> Those lyrics could have been great with a better song. I was rushed. <laughs> oh. Time. 
Don't... Isabel, there was going to have to be a shit song <laughs> at some point down the line. I feel like... Those I've... lyrics with a different track Fuck. would be great. I'm so sorry to all of our listeners. You should be. Apologise again. I'm so... This is a formal apology from the singer-songwriter Roland Bodnam. I am sorry. That was bad. Hey, I feel like it's appropriate after talking about Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think... What? Okay, I'm going to give you a task. Conceptually. Oh. I'm going to give you a task, right? Oh, God. You're going to take those lyrics... Oh, my God put them to a different backing track not for next week i'm not asking next week i'm not even asking four episodes time okay at some point okay you're gonna do it properly yeah take those lyrics put them with something more fun more upbeat less humanly more army of lovers okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make take notes and you have to come back to the podcast at some point with those same lyrics but with a better song that is quite hard because Right now, this point I'm going to give you. Go on, hang on. Wait, yeah. So give me my point. Earn. <laughs> One. One. I did fucking better than Gemini, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. It's not hard. You did. But I wouldn't have given them nil. No, you're right. You're right. I'd have given them like three. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, so apologies for that on everyone's behalf. But um, you're going to do it properly. I'm going to take another swing at it with yeah. those lyrics. I'm, al- I'm allowing you to come back at some point in the future with it. Okay, cool. So um, if you want to get in touch, by this point, come on, someone send it a song. Someone might have done by this point. I'm not quite sure because we're recording yeah, it in advance. We're going to have some... So actually, this one is released in January, mid-January. Yeah, mid-January. So mid. um, at some point, now we're a few down the line, yeah. we're maybe six in yeah. at this point. Uh, we are going to start getting some guest people on at some point because yeah. we have obviously it's not friends. just us we have friends <laughs> um, and we have friends that really love Eurovision as well and are really into it and passionate about it and probably maybe more passionate than we are I don't know yeah a little bit actually yeah, some of some mine of are yeah. yeah so they're going to come on and maybe do a couple of stories and do their own songs as well but we would love for our listeners to get involved yeah and for you to send in your songs if you've done any or as we mentioned before, any stories you have about Eurovision, any um, any snippets you can tell us about stories we've already told, if you know some extra stuff about Bucks Fizz or Gemini. Yeah. Uh, if you know Chris, if you are Chris from Chris. Gemini, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. I know I was very rude about your singing partner. Uh, sure. well, but I just really like you, mate. You seem like a good egg. So, so there you go. So send your email to EuphoriaPass. Nope. So... <laughs> So send your email to EuphoriaPodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram, which is EuphoriaPodcast too. And if you follow us on Instagram, I post photos of the topics we've been talking about. So uh, I'll post photos of the the acts that we're discussing or the Eurovision of that year or something interesting or fun that I found online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Or on Twitter as well. EuphoriaCast. Yeah, so it's a little bit shorter so you can include it when you tweet at us. Um, So follow that and keep up to date with everything that we're doing and all the fun things that we get up to. Um, So thank you very much for listening guys um we appreciate your we love time you very much. we love you and we really love doing this so thank you for <laughs> giving us that opportunity too and we- roland i love you oh you're so drunk <laughs> 
<laughs> love you too though Isabel thanks no, for I that no I do and although I've been very <laughs> mean about your last song no you put a lot of bloody work into this so well done because uh, you definitely do more work than I do no, towards but, you this no you, you bring yourself to it and I feel that that's uh, contributing more than I do no. no I don't know what I'm saying I do you're the, the best one <laughs> um, so thank god this is oh. a loving now so uh, we're gonna head don't off don't cut this out we will see you next week uh, I hope although Isabel will be flying back and then we immediately go into uh, a big conference and then we um, have to record it that evening so oh, it might be a very tired one but uh, oh, look forward I'm going to be to very if it's if it's a a couple of, a few hours late then um, that will be why but we're going to try and do our best to get it out on time uh, so thank you for listening and as we say at the end of every week our regular podcast sign off fuck me is that Daz Samson oh no way it's I know it is Daz Samson yeah and that's shit isn't it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening goodbye